Matt, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So glad you called me. I was about to watch my first Pootie Pie video. Oh, <laughs> so fun. It just so popped fun, up, and I couldn't help it. I clicked on it, and then you called. Oh, my God, thank goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> you only did uh, something I regret. Right. On that note, welcome to Catching Foxes. <laughs> welcome to Pints with Foxes. Mm-hmm. Welcome no, to a no. uh, bunch of inebriated foxes just stumbling yeah. around the paddock. <laughs> One of us might be the monkeys of um, a Catholic podcast. One of us might be the Beatles. We'll let you guess which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> just count the number of patrons they have. <laughs> I was uh, talking with an artist today here at my uh, at my job, and she just graduated college, and she wants to get into art and design and all this stuff. So, of course, I was shamelessly plugging the podcast and telling her that she needs to do all this stuff for us. And then I was like, have you ever heard of Patreon? She's like, no, I haven't. So I show her our Patreon page and I'm like, look, we got 312 patrons. How awesome is that? I go, let's go over to Matt Frad. He's got 1200 patrons. (laughs) Hoping to double it for you, man, to double it. Good for you. I think it's I, I love the fact that you were able to like because it's been about what, like a year or two since you started doing this all full full time. Yep. And since that time, I, I now have like six people who I pay monthly to do things for me. <laughs> so <clears throat> this isn't just me doing this. You know, there's yeah, I got a social media guy. I got um, I got an assistant who does all my booking. I've got uh, the production team who does the video. I've got a video editing guy. It's just getting people in the right seat so I don't have to do the things I'm bad at. Yeah, no, that's right. that's that's fantastic. Like that's what a good small business is. So you're a business man. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it's a joy. <laughs> I had stuff I was going to ask you, but I I forget I forgot what that was. So I'll just say, how are you? I'm really excellent. Good. Did you do yep. good? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's been a few months since we talked and hung out. Yeah, it has been. I think the last time we did a recording together on Catching Foxes was about a year ago, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was. Thanks uh, for having uh, me after, on again. It was either after or right before you went Amish on us for the month. Yeah, of I think it was before. August, and then the scandal broke, <laughs> and <laughs> someone literally said to me, "Hey." I just thought of this. Matt Frad is off the grid. He probably doesn't know about this scandal. And I was like, other people around him can talk no, to him. You know what's And crazy? you didn't. <laughs> it was about three weeks into my internet fast, and Father Lewis, our priest, got up, and his homily was all about the scandals. And I really – I looked over the camera. And I said, what's going on? And she went, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I should have told you that. <laughs> I mean, life gets busy. You know, <laughs> you so, were all Dostoevsky. <laughs> that's right. I had my nose in that, and it was much more edifying. Pro- I'm, I am about fifty pages into that book, so I got to say, if I was, I couldn't read it now. I had to be totally unplugged in order to read it. And when I read it, I read it like in twenty something, twenty days, I think. It was oh, super wow. easy. But if I tried to read it now, given all the distractions I have in my life with the internet and the phone, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Okay, why is that? Because I have the attention span of a goldfish. There you go. Yeah. You know, I'm just looking from one beep to the next, and I'm wondering if someone sent me that email back or if, you know, if that video uploaded. And you just find a million reasons to distract yourself. But when that's not there, it's sort of like a lot of the reading I get done is on an airplane because there's nowhere to go. Like I can go to the toilet or I can sit here. Those are my two options. And if I sit here, I can do something cool like read. So 
How long did it take you to like to get to a point where you felt totally like okay, I'm my own person again. I'm not being pulled, and I don't have all these um, mental things pulling me from all this different stuff. <clears throat> I forget exactly, but probably about four or five days. Okay, because I'm yeah. sorry, no. No, you're fine. It felt like I, I think this is Thomas Merton. He said something to the effect of slowing down to a human tempo. And that's kind of what it felt like. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Are you like, um, I'm going to just get real personal. Very. That's what I want. Here. Let's do so, it. Uh, because so like um, I was on your podcast and Gomer wasn't when uh, we talked about scrupulosity with the Catholic stuff, guys. I mean, I yeah, dropped it at the end. And um uh, you talked about how like that's been like that's been across that you've that you have had to bear. Um, I have found the people who have that tend to deal with anxiety. Just and, and, like yeah. they just so was that true? Like um, is is that true for you? Well, yeah, I, I used to struggle with scrupulosity until the Good Father liberated me from it about five years ago. There was an actual healing that took place oh, in my wow. life. And I don't experience scrupulosity anymore. Um, but as far as anxiety, yeah, I think I struggle with anxiety. I don't really know what that means, but I, if you were to explain it to me, I'm pretty sure I'd be like, yeah. Sure. I would say just having some type of like, um, I'm going to um, obsess over like this thing here. So it could be. I, I tend think... to be bad at moderation. Okay. Sure. I'm really bad at moderation. And so and I actually don't respect moderation a great deal, even though I should. So I tend to find like, okay, either I'm just going to binge on like chocolate cookies and have, you know, maybe three beers or, you know, I don't really drink beer, but three whiskeys or something. Um, or else I'm like, all right, everything's strict paleo. And I'm just, you know, and I can do that. But I'm really bad at my wife's like, or you could just have like two Oreos. Like that could be okay. Right. I'm like, no, <laughs> nope. The whole sleeve, please. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing. The whole sleeve or just a bunch of kale. Did that change when you went on your? So just for anyone who like um doesn't know, like you went on this huge fast, I guess, where you just you were completely unplugged from the internet, like any sort of screen, right? Yeah, and no I lasted to be in all sincerity, in all truth, I lasted twenty three days. I meant to do the whole month, but stuff happened, and I ended up getting mm -hmm. back online. So it was about a twenty three day, twenty four day thing. And so, did, but did it was yeah, no keyboards, no screens at all. There was I had one trip. And I had to go buy a GPS for my car from Walmart. That was fun. <laughs> to the, hello, 2007. <laughs> Didn't think this through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is hilarious. Did you turn it back to Walmart when you were done? I did. <laughs> like a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, and I, I justified it in thinking, I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I, I took it back when I don't want this anymore. Like, I actually, you know. And yeah. they have such a loosey-goosey return policy. If no, I had it said to me, is this defective? Or I would have said, no, that's, they get that's it. not, that's not they what I'm giving back. Did, yeah. like, so did that, when you went on your fast thing or like your break, did that change at all? Were you able to be, um, were you able to like be like more moderate or is that a thing that's just kind of like a party personality? Uh, well, I think I was being in like not moderate in the sense that I was not, I was choosing not to use technology. Yeah, sure. I was being totally like radical, right? None of this. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a year now, so I, I I don't remember all of it, but I remember that it was great. And I think I'm going to do it again this August. I'm working pretty hard right now to get everything locked and loaded to just start Did you releasing. Get your interviews with Father Gregory Pine going? Yeah, so nearly, nearly. So if we want to bring Father Gregory Pine on Pines with Aquinas every other episode. Oh, we wow. Do, cool. Yeah, we want to do a lot of things, but... 
obviously, like for him to do the research and to the time, like I would pay him for that. And um, so we just, yeah. So we're looking forward to doing that. And I don't, I feel like Pines of the Quinas took a dip there for a little bit, honestly. Not what because of num. Uh, I don't know. I think I went to Australia for six weeks. And so I locked and loaded a bunch of episodes before leaving. And yeah, I don't know. I'd love I, I thought they uh, were good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, but I just felt, yeah, like it wasn't as sincere. It wasn't, Luke, you've talked about this, like the craft of podcasting for the sake of it. It was more just, all right, get this in, crank that one out. This should be fine. Um, mm. So, yeah. You, you know, what's funny is I felt that way in a lot of ways about our most recent episodes um, after doing episode 200. So we hadn't interviewed anyone in a little bit, and then we sat down with Haley Stewart, and then we recorded what then became episode 200. And I was like, this episode 200 is like what I think of when I think of Catching Foxes, right? Like brutally honest, awkward, funny, and the goal is to try to get at something that people aren't talking about. And the whole idea of everybody's screwing and no one's talking about it but it was I really a great it was a like, great episode I, i'm curious to hear your thoughts on it well a couple of things one i actually don't like it when you interview people so if i <laughs> like right. it's if it's friday yeah. morning and it's like luke and go interview some bloody rando i'm like i guess i'll have to put up with this <laughs> finally listen to some christian rock guy that luke was real into <laughs> for two years which is what everyone's <laughs> thinking about today's episode but no i i just love hearing you too and you're back and forth um I had someone come up to me recently and say, I just listened to Catching Foxes. And, you know, they're, they, I guess they listen to Pints and stuff. And they're like, I really, really didn't like it. And, you know, they, <laughs> but it wasn't because it wasn't excellent. I think it was because, you know, people are, as you know this, right? They're put off by your yeah. candor, the fact that you talk the way you talk behind closed doors. But that's, that's your appeal. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I was telling you today, Luke, over text, I, you know, I've listened to it over the last three days. And only today did I listen to your prayer for McCarrick, which was nuts to me because today I released an episode in which in the intro I prayed specifically for Ted. May God bless him. So it was really cool to see that. Yeah, that's we're kind of in sync. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think we're I think like a lot of us could be called to start praying for him in some very concrete ways. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not me. See you, sucker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> Kansas. I think part of this said no one ever <laughs> Kansas. I said to a friend the other day, I'm like, imagine if we could find a time machine and go back to Kansas in the 1930s. He's like, why you've got a time machine. Why are you going to Kansas? Anyway, um, Americana. I, no, I thought it was, I thought it, was ex- I thought it was great. And Luke, I love what you had to say about the father wanting healing for us. I think the, the good, the good father has been doing some beautiful things in my heart over the last couple of months, some real beautiful things like a new conversion has taken place. And I just feel mm. parts of my heart waking up like the earth in springtime. And I'm feeling the father's blessing and affection. I'm feeling warfare, which I hadn't felt in years. People would often say to me, you must experience warfare given, you know, a lot of that, given that you speak on these topics. And I would say, no, I, I don't. Um, but I think it's because my heart was dead and I think my faith had become, I don't know if this is Chesterton or not, but he said something to the effect of it was more of a syllogism than a love affair. It was a syllogism that I can continually tried to prove to myself and to other people, but it wasn't this dynamic back and forth relationship with a father who is 
who's interested in me now and and is for me. So what caused that to happen and what brought you out of it? <sighs> well, I was in Australia for six weeks. I hit a couple of rock bottoms. Um, I stopped listening to political podcasts. I was listening to like Ben Shapiro for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. like straight. I don't think I missed a day. I don't even think Ben Shapiro would suggest that. Um, <laughs> and I just got to a point, I'm like, why am I feeding my head with this? Like, how often do I read the word of God? How often do I make excuses for why I can't drive to the chapel? And so I just made a choice to quit that. And I don't know if you know what this is like, but it's it's kind of like I became addicted to the outrage. And mm-hmm. just after lunchtime, I would I would pull out my iPhone for my Shapiro slash Daily Wire fix, the way one might turn to their afternoon coffee to get them through the rest of the day. And so quitting it at first was difficult, but I was consistent with that and then just began to read um, – the, the scriptures and just ask the father to reveal himself to me in a new way. And then I was faithful to some of the promptings of the Holy spirit, like I actually stepped out in faith and spoke a word to a few people that was very uncomfortable. But I think that my faithfulness to the, to the father in doing that hmm. um, just opened up, opened up some parts in me, some beautiful things. And then just lovely, lovely, lovely things happened. Just feeling his affection um, in, 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 you know, when you experience something that's real, it's so real, you can't doubt it. Just, just having him call me my, my beloved, um, and believing that. <clears throat> and, uh, then I wrote to sister Miriam when I was in Australia, cause I just had this real, I, I, I fell really badly. It wasn't sexual stuff. It was other stuff that I'm really ashamed of and don't want to talk about, but I was so ashamed of myself and I just felt the enemy and his attack and his accusations firing on all cylinders at my heart and trying to shut me down again just after this kind of – just after this awakening began to happen. So I wrote to her. I'm like, hey, sister, you, you, you reached out to me and you, a couple of years ago you asked me to go on this Bob Shoots healing retreat. I'm ready if you are um, and if it's possible. And she said, actually, there's one on this date, you know, first week of June. I'm like, okay, that's two days after I get back from Australia. And then I joke to people, I say, you know, you need healing when you tell your wife, hey, when we fly back across the world, can I leave for five days? And she touches your arm and says, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's about it. So you went to healing the whole person? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Now I am in love with their ministry. It's so beautiful. So what what happened? What was the movement? There's just so much to say. It's so it's so beautiful. I I went there like someone approaching surgery. Um, I just sat and felt the Lord telling me to submit and just to sit on the conveyor belt and not crawl off of it. And I just sat down and I just started weeping and I just couldn't stop. And nothing really emotional was being said. Just the father was speaking to me through his word. I was encountering things and other people that just struck me. Um, and what was awkward, I didn't, I didn't realize that this was going to happen, but you know, a bunch of people like knew of me and were coming up to say hi. And I'm sure it was massively awkward for them, but I was just like, I'm not, I'm, I can't put on a good face right now. Like I can't be like, Hey, what's going on? So I just, it was just awkward. I think people left like, Oh, that guy's weird. But, um, you know, just the two things the father was speaking to me through the Psalms was, you know, that he is good and he's in control. And if those two things are true, then I can pour out my heart to him. I can trust him. And so it was like the father just kept bringing up these things in my heart that didn't seem to have a trail to them. There wasn't a progression. It wasn't like this happened and this happened. Oh, now I remember that happening. It was more just kaboom, kabam, like these different things just popping up and I would just submit them to the father. Um, 
And then my prayer experience with Sister Miriam was out of this world. Um, it was me, Sister Miriam, who I've told her I'm going to be calling her Mother Miriam from now on because I, I think she, she is my spiritual mother. And another bloke, uh, Bart, Bob Schutz's brother. And they prayed over me for about 40 minutes, and I felt warfare. Wow. I felt there was things that she asked me to renounce, which it was so funny. Like, I, I don't know if you know what I mean by this. I'm sure you do. But sometimes you go to experiences like this, and you orchestrate your emotional state. Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah. It's important yeah. to me that I feel emotional. It's important to me that yeah. this is a life-changing event, so I need to, you know. Um, there was none of that. This was absolutely honest the entire time. I felt like if I got bored during one of the sessions, I would I would just check out and just check my phone. Like I didn't even try. It was just, I just showed up, sat down, just kept sitting down. That was it. And um, but anyway, she was getting me to renounce certain things. And um, there was this one point where she said, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, and I repeated that. She said, I renounce self protection. Now I had already renounced several things, and then I said, I renounce self, and my I started stuttering. I couldn't for just a second couldn't say it. And I looked at her. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> And, um, it was so bizarre cause I like, again, like, I don't even know what that meant. Um, so things like that started happening. I, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. And the father's good and he loves me and he loves you. And I just feel a lot safer and a lot, a lot more relaxed and, um, just choosing every day to claim my identity in him, right? Like I am a beloved son of the father. He loves me. He delights in me. He's for me. And I think um, we've all made these agreements, right? Like with the, I think one of the agreements I've made is just like, God, I wish you would work as hard for me as the devil seems to be working for me. Like, I right, wish right. you, Father, were as interested as Satan, the demons seem to be. And it's just like these agreements that I've been making and have made over the years, which I've just begun to absolutely renounce in the name of Jesus. And then just to, yeah, just to to to, to renounce and then to announce the truth of, of my sonship and just to stand in that. And it's just been bloody delightful. I, I can't express to you. Uh, it, it's like... It's like there was a whole host of ailments, and then I went into surgery, and I thought one thing changed, and I went out, and I'm like, oh, wow, all of this must have been connected because now the, the whole body seems like it's working again. Does that make sense? Like, so it's yeah, like yeah. if you go and you do surgery on your leg, you know, and maybe that's what I thought. Well, I need to, you know, deal with my anger problem, or I need to, you know, and I went in, and it was healed, and then it's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize that was affecting my back, and that was affecting my shoulder here, and that was affecting my mood. And it was, it was like a whole host of things clicked into gear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited because this weekend mm. I'm going to have hangout time with sister Miriam. Oh, and, uh, we're, we're doing Steubenville East together and she's oh. the host. And it's Glory. the first time she'll oh, ever nice. host something. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, I think Luke, except you, will have a. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's cool. I'll just. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, but I, I love her because. Loves you. Well, she, I know. She called me. She called me out of the blue. Um, well, not really out of the blue. She's the host and checks in with the speakers. And she's like, I have been praying for you all week. What is going on you in your life? Exhausting. I, like, <laughs> 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 I am getting nowhere. The father's like. Come back in a couple days. No. Uh, so she um, was telling me that or we were just talking and she's like, no, no, no. Like, what's going on with you? And I was like, 
Okay, well, this is all the thing. <laughs> she, she has this ability to she, just... She is the Galadriel of the Catholic-speaking world. <laughs> <laughs> She's what I imagine it must have been like with Carol Voitia. Because they talk about like when people stood in front of Pope John Paul, you felt like you were the only person there. Um, he was on Voitia standard time. Like He would talk with yeah. you and let all the cardinals just wait. Um, and it didn't matter to him because that he lived out the philosophy of the human person. And as I think about her, like if you go and listen to the episode that we recorded with her, I mean, from right out the gate, she's just affirming Luke and I mm -hmm. completely. Uh, and it's just it's so overwhelming. But the crazy thing is something happened to the stupid cell tower at my house and I was driving home. And as soon as I got into my neighborhood, it dropped the call. And I was like, no. No, I need this. Daddy needs this. And so I'm like shooting her texts over Wi-Fi. Be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll call you when I can. But yeah, she she is truly incredible. And she's there I full was, time uh, now, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think she's kind of dialing back her talks to 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 teens and she's focusing more on this healing ministry. I got to tell you this, this one story. Uh, and I, if it's miss, see, this is the problem when you're vulnerable on podcasts, you don't know who's listening and where they're at, when they're listening and what attitude they're listening to it. And so I think some people are just, will will take this out of context, but I guess I can't help that. I was talking with a priest recently who I love dearly, a holy man who loves the Lord. And, um, he was telling me that a priest friend of his said, I'm in love with Sister Miriam. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, no, no, listen to me. I am in love with Sister Miriam. He's like, yeah, deli counter, take a ticket. We're all in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gomer, do you know what I love? Uh, yes, I do know what you love. You love Scrabble letter tiles, uh, yes. commingled with rosary beads. You know, you know me so well. You love old-looking boxes with uh, maybe a used passport or some such thing. Oh my gosh, I do. Yeah, you also love like overturned vases next oh. to the images of the BBM. My gosh, do I ever. What are you doing? Are you reading my mind? I am reading your mind, and I'm at CatholicStock.com checking out their sick Catholic photos that are artistic and awesome. Say what? What's that website again? Yes, that's right. CatholicStock.com your, is your place for high-quality Catholic content, both images and video, even 4K video, that you know is made by real Roman Catholics who love the church. You're not going to get a... A goofy guy acting like a priest or a sexy nun. No, sir. Not here at CatholicStock.com. Was that my cue? Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so tired. Um, and the cool thing about um, CatholicStock.com is they're a brand new um, website. They are they are in the beta stage right now, so they want to get tons of people in there like to try to um, use all their cool stuff to go and explore what is there. Right now, you can create an account for free. Bam. CatholicStock.com. Use foxes. For the discount, 20% off your first order. If you use the promo code FOXES, you'll get 20% off. Thank you to CatholicStock.com for sponsoring a third episode of Catching Foxes. Woo! Get your money's worth. Oh, it's... You know what's really funny is I, I was... Uh, I'm going to try to bring these two things together because I feel like they are. I was having this thought today at work of just how much of the Christian life we don't really know or understand because the world is so post-Christian now. Um, this idea of uh, – I think when people think back to Christendom, uh, we tend to view it in terms of like the buildings and the politicians and all this stuff. 
uh, but not like general attitudes that people had and just how I, I do kind of wonder, like, was it more of like, um, was holiness a little bit more easier to spot because there were not necessarily like on the more people who were holy, but they could be more out in the open. I don't know. I don't know where, where, where I'm really, I'm going with this, but the idea is that, uh, it feels very hard to find people sometimes who are really living the Christian life because everything feels like it's just been just been blown to hell. And I feel like a person like her is such a um, lightning rod because the power of you know her of her witness and why that's so important now because it is um, it's not like you know if you lack witnesses back in the day the culture would at least make up for it a bit I think and now it doesn't. Um, now it actually is, is like counterproductive in a lot of ways. So I think a person like her is even then becomes more valuable because there's yeah. this authenticity that you just cannot fake there. Yeah. Well, I look at people like her and I would also look at someone like Christopher West, who I have great affection for. And he's somebody who loves our Lord and is walking intimately with him. And sometimes I look at these people and I just think, oh, bloody hell, it just looks so exhausting. You know, yeah, like you're always yeah. unearthing these new things that need to be healed, you know. Yeah. Um, and you think, yeah, well, that's exhausting. But what's what's the alternative? The alternative is just to sort of um, dissociate like everybody else. And that's not – you can't numb the pain without numbing the joy. And she had this beautiful uh, example where she said, you know, sometimes you, you go out in winter and you'll build a snowman, you know, when you're a kid or something, but you forgot to bring your gloves and your hands become so painful. It feels like they're bleeding, you know, and you, and you go inside and you stick them right by the fire and the incredible pain that comes about through them thawing, uh, you sometimes think it was better out there. And I think that's, that, that is kind of what many people go through as they begin to journey from Egypt to the promised land in this, this journey of holiness you just think, gosh, I, d- dissociating didn't didn't seem doesn't seem so bad now that that all of the I'm beginning to feel all of these things. These things are becoming unearthed, and the Father's really working here. Well, it's, I mean, I think part of it is understanding that there is an other side to to stuff. That, like, when we talk about a Father who keeps His promises, what do we mean by that? Like no, Scott Hahn book, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I wonder if it's this like, is it? This thing of um, it's not just that like God's going to be doing good things, but that when the pain is really bad or when it feels like I can't get off of my mat and walk that the like there's another side to this, like the Lord keeps his promises. Just keep going. Yeah, he's so good. He's so faithful. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say except that. Yeah, turning over my pain to him and refusing to give in to despair, refusing to believe. I th- see. I think a lot of the time we, we, we fail to, to to acknowledge the reality of the demonic, and that's why Christianity doesn't make sense. And that's why even this, what you're talking about, about God not keeping his promises or keeping his promises, you know, we, we often don't look at Christianity in total, you know, it's kind of like trying to understand Lord of the Rings without reference to Sauron, you know, like where there was this ring and it sucked. And so what happened was, you know, the hobbits just took it and just threw it away and just destroyed it. And it it wasn't conducive to the flourishing of Hobbiton anyway. And so everyone was just a lot happier. And we kind of do stuff (laughs) like that, you know, we're like, well, God loves you. And he sent his son for you and paid a debt you didn't know, et cetera. And he wants you to be with him, but he won't force you. 
but we have an enemy of our souls who hates us intensely and wants to drag us to hell. And he doesn't sleep. I mean, you read the New Testament um, and like St. Peter, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, if somebody said that today, I think the first response of many Catholics would be, well, let's just not go overboard. Let's not be finding Satan under every rock. And I want to say that's really not our problem right now. You know? <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Yeah. So, to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm babbling a little. I'll just wrap up with this. No, no, but no. To, your, to your point about God keeping his promises. Yeah, just this, just rec- recognizing for me, I guess, that, that, that I exist at, at war. Like this life in that I'm in, it's not a drama. It's not friends. It's... It's, uh, you know, it's Saving Private Ryan. It's Braveheart. It's like there's an actual battle going on. Um, and so to trust the Father, even when the accusations are, are looming and appointed, to, to resist that, to renounce that, I found that tremendously helpful of late. Hmm. Well, no, that's something that, that I, I, I do kind of want to talk about for a bit because, I mean, to be really blunt, intellectually, I believe I know that like the devil is real and that this stuff is real because of things that I've that just, you know, through spiritual warfare prayers that I pray and I like believe scripture and like, you know, like like um, it makes sense. But there's just something like I have such a hard time with it and I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's just like I'm influenced by the culture and it feels a little bit like it's just um, like an old wives tale to keep people scared or, like you know, I, I just it's something I, I uh, again, it's not that yeah, it makes sense. I know what you're saying. Like, I'm, not, I'm just uh, I guess I'm just trying to like give like um, voice a bit of like this idea that I think a lot of us really have, which is like, yeah, I believe this, but like not like put a gun to my wife. Do you do you believe in the devil? I'm like, Ugh! You know, like, I, 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 you want my real honest answer? I, I like, I, a, a part of me is like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Well, Thoughts? that's beautiful. That's beautiful and honest. Um, I, I would say, I, yeah, I would say, I, I, not to shame you or to make you feel bad. I'm glad you're being honest. But I would say, if that gun was against me, like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, the, and and you know this. I know you what you're saying. You know this intellectually, but not maybe at a heart level. Yeah. Um, and yeah. maybe you know we grow up and we watch you know the exorcism of this person or that person on TV, and you see the red horns. And maybe you encounter Christians who are um, have this really wacky and 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 um, unhealthy view of Satan and how he can affect us. So ding, all ding, of that. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that, all, that was it for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was all, all of that plays into us. Oh yeah. We, not taking this seriously, but I think just like just like our heavenly Father is for us individually, uh, the demonic is against us individually right now. And again, if if someone's listening to this and want to flat out deny that, then your argument is not with me, but the New Testament. I mean, you, you can't go far. Even I love Colossians, right? He is, he has. This is Christ. Uh, Paul was talking about. He has um, qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has ransomed us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It talks about Christ making a spectacle of the demons on the cross. Woohoo! Beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's one of the things I've realized in, like, we don't teach soteriology, you know, the doctrine of salvation. We don't teach any of that stuff when we talk about God's love. You know, we might mention, you know, the cross and resurrection. But we often don't kind of go into the biblical understanding because whenever you get into the Bible 
and what the New Testament says about what Christ did when he died on the cross. Not just, you know, what he did, which is the cross, but like what the cross accomplished. It's always within the context of overthrowing the evil powers, right? Like not just my own personal sin, but it's always wider. It's always that that notion of overthrowing, making a spectacle out of, you know, the ransom language, the conquering language, um, all that stuff. And I feel like part of what's lost when we proclaim the good news is we don't ever mention the bad news and the bad news. And when we do, it's just about sin. It's not about Satan and the kingdom of darkness or dominion of darkness. Like we only focus on areas that I can personally control. And I think that's super dangerous in like, cause, cause then what's the point? Like it's just, a, then the cross just becomes a political reality or a moral ideal. It doesn't become something that literally saves me. And, uh, I, I don't know. I think that maybe that's one of the things getting lost today. Hmm. Oh, I, I killed the mood. Thank no, you no, no, no. I was just deep. I right, was just thinking. Mm. <clears throat> you know, I, you mm. had a couple of priests on your show a few weeks back who I really enjoyed. I think they were from Canada, maybe clerical something. Oh, or, yeah. The yeah, clerically, clerically speaking. speaking guys. One's I from love, Pittsburgh, one's from Canada. OK. Uh, someone one of them said something like when you when you and, uh, you know, I've heard this before. So if you but if you get rid of metaphysics, you're just left with politics. You know, if you get rid of God, then the latest Star Wars movie can't just be a Star Wars movie, it must be everything. You know, the next election can't just be the next election. It has to be everything. Um, and yeah, and I think that's kind of true. I think for maybe there's a lot of kind of Christian atheists um, who, who, who are, who are devout and they pray, um, but they don't believe in God maybe. And, yeah. <clears throat> and so all we have is the politics of the church. And so no, why, of course you're frightened Things are chaotic. You're frightened. You're angry. And I'm not saying there's no right for us to be angry or frightened to a degree. But if there's a good father who's in control, we can just all take deep breaths. And I really believe that that's true. Do you think that part of the problem – okay, so like going right off you said what you said, right? Those who are true sons and daughters of the church are less interested in the politics of – the ecclesiastical court system, right? And they are more invested in ministry and mission and bringing souls to Christ and being ambassadors of reconciliation and all that good stuff. I don't even want to, I don't even want to say yes or no, because I think, you know, we all have our lane here. I think the father is calling us to different fronts of this battle, you know, like um, Taylor Marshall and Timothy Gordon are doing their thing. I'm not called to that. How do I know that they're not? Maybe they very, maybe they absolutely are. Uh, how do I know that Voris isn't called to what he's doing, even if I don't think everything he says is helpful or good? Uh, you know, we're all being – you guys, like I don't need to start being super real and swearing on my podcast just because you guys are doing it. And, you know, like you guys are reaching a certain demographic. I am. Life Teen is. Steubenville is. But I think sometimes we yeah. fall into this trap of saying, well, because Bishop Barron, to use one example, isn't the answer to everything, he's the answer to nothing. Or because Life Teen right. isn't the answer to everything, it's the answer to nothing. Yeah. And Well, what I was going to say was often because people who are most concerned with the ministry of the church and mission of the church, we don't want to get involved in the politicking of the church. That is often left to those who are consumed by it. You know what I mean? Ooh, like, interesting. Yeah. And so as as men and women of truly profound personal faith – 
say, okay, I'm going to focus on the Lord. You're a good, good father. I'm going to continue my work, and I'm not going to let the up. politics upset me. You have the exact opposite of other people who are like, yeah. I don't really care what God thinks of me. He's an abstraction. I am focused on achieving yeah. the work of cardinal. And the danger, and this is like what Christ says, right? Like uh, the, what is it? The, the children of this world, yes. uh, you know, know how, yeah. know how to act within this world better than the children of light. And it's true. And that's also why it says be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. It's like, yeah, but when it comes to politics, ain't no innocent as doves here anymore. Well, and so that's the hard part. I mean, there might be, and we just don't know who they are. I think all we can do is look at our own life and say, well, is the Lord calling me like Matt Frad right now to yeah. focus on the politics of the church and what's going on? Like, no. Um, but so I could, you know, if he, if he were, then, then I would, I would by his grace respond to it. Um, but I mean, what's, what's the, what's the, how's the church going to benefit from me sending out another tweet about some other new thing that because of some cardinal, you know, like, and maybe, and maybe for some people they are called to that. Um, and they are innocent and the, you know, I'm sure that the father is raising up beautiful, good and holy people yeah. to do, to do this work. And just cause I can't see him or doesn't mean they're not there. But I think like um, one of the differences though, is that because of your platform, if you were to tweet about it, it, it would be a little different than if our, say our friend, uh, John, I uh, decided to. No offense, John. Yeah. John's a great guy. <laughs> like, like guy who was out at your house. You know, like awesome dude. Um, yeah. John's just like not giving um, Catholic talks, though he should. Um, well, but I mean, <laughs> e- e- even with my supposed platform, which is pretty modest, um, what am I going to do? Get like certain people kind of on my side or like, well, yeah, I mean, good yeah, point. And, and like that's what I mean, like in the sense of um, – Oh, like if uh, then I had to make a joke and then I totally I lost my point. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, like because I think Gomer is that that's a very good point. Like we have to be involved because if not, you like uh, forsake the world because we live in an incarnate world. You know, like where there's real things. And um, I think it is kind of a, um, a matter of um, understanding like your um, like your like role. And the uh, and like the obligation to people around you. So, like we're not called to be pint with Aquinas. Like we're we're called to do our own. I'm um, catching foxes thing, but Matt, because like I've gotten um, to know you pretty well over the past uh, couple years, and, and I know that you pay attention to the show and you really understand what what we're about. If we were to get off, like kind of go off the rails a bit, or maybe perhaps go down a road that like isn't a good thing. Like I would need you to call us out, and I would trust you because I yeah, know. Yeah, I think you. I would, but yeah, and I would probably have some possibility of success because we know each other. Yeah. But if Supich says something crazy or inaccurate or whatever, me tweeting at him or calling his office isn't going to bear fruit. So. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think. And like Maybe a, I'm misunderstanding. Sorry. No, 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 no. Because I, I, I think this is the point that I'm that, I, that I'm um, trying to get at is point at like when it is the nuances of like when do you do something and when do you don't like like this is being the like the like a wise as a serpent part like what does that actually look like you know yeah so understanding that if you go after like a soup pitch for stuff that. Unless it's doing the thing where, like, you know, like, what's what's going to happen because of that? You know, so, like, uh, to be really careful here. So, Gomer, feel free to, to take this out if you want. There's an individual who's got a thing that I have some major issues with. Major, major, major issues. 
And I'm trying to figure out the best way to address that because it's hurting people's lives that I care about. Mm. Do and you know this person? Not personally. Yeah. So, but there's enough people that I do know um, personally who have been impacted by this individual. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, and so do I write my archbishop and just say, hey, you need to know this is going on. You need, like, this is a big deal. Do I blast it on this podcast? Like, I don't know what to do. Mm. And, and you kind of think that if you would approach this individual one-on-one, either through email or phone call, that you, you're morally certain you'd have little or no success. Yes, yes, very, yeah. very much so. Well, I mean, Goma, you know Scripture better than me. I'm not sure where our Lord says, if you have a problem between you and another, go to them first. Um, and, of course, there could be d- different circumstances where that might be totally inappropriate to do that. Um, I, I, I can't think of an example of where it would be, but I imagine if it, it, to go to somebody like, – like, let's say there's – like a teen confides in you that their father is abusing them. Like obvi- to go to them could cause a lot of hell for this kid and no help at all. Yeah. And so in that case, you might discern not to do it. So I could see circumstances like that. But other than that, I think – Without knowing the situation, and I get that you don't want to go into it, I think I would – so I can't really speak to it, I guess. But generally speaking, I think I would want to contact that person at least just so they know that I'm contacting you. And here's what I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, but a lot of people I know are saying this. And I don't know what else to do about it, so I'm happy to chat with you about it. They just kind of make that initial contact and then go to the bishop or then go to somebody else if you can't bring any. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I – I, uh... Yeah, Luke, I'm right there with you because there's this element where you have this righteous indignation that's so easily, like you said, addicted to the rage. It so easily becomes self-righteous indignation and it becomes like legit warning people away, becomes gossiping. And it's all there are all these fraught things. There's all these pitfalls that are kind of bound up with this. And it's like, I don't know the wise way to act. Like I know the moral thing. But I got a bunch of good options here or I got a bunch of difficult things to do and I don't know which one will actually bring about the result because so, like I know what Luke's talking about and it's it's a very it uh, it's a horrific oh, situation okay. yeah. that is bigger. It's, it's not abuse, but it's it's huge. And so this person is so far removed from us, but it could bring damage to the church and, you know, all this stuff. So, um yeah, I, like to me, I feel like Luke, you going to your bishop actually probably should happen. Like I didn't even think of that until you said that. But like, yeah, you also kind of think like if whatever this thing is, like let's say it erupts, and then people knew that you, you Luke, knew about it and didn't do the thing that you suspect you should do. Like, mm-hmm. how would you feel about that? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, I'd talk to the father about it. I, I really feel like the that God exists. I really believe that, and I think he, I think he works in our lives. I think he communicates with us. I don't think he's just given us a set of rules. I, I would bring it to the Father. And... Okay. Can I ask you a quick question, Matt? Yeah. How? So I remember one time you said to me, "I'm looking to step away from this pornography stuff and focus more on like answering atheism and Thomas <laughs> Aquinas. Like that's the stuff that you love. How much do you hate?" Oh, that you are the porn man. I, I, in a way, I, I, I'm sad that I ever said that to you. I'm happy to do whatever the father wants me to do. 
if he wants me to kamikaze pints with Aquinas and the Matt Fratcher, I'll do it. And I'll spend the rest of my life help doing the whatever I can to help people overcome porn. If he wants yep. me to kamikaze that thing, I'll do that. I'll do whatever he wants by his grace. You know, like if he wants me just to be a stay at home dad while my wife travels and heals the hearts of women, I'll do that. I just, I just want to do what he wants. Well, wasn't expecting that yeah, answer. Well, there but we go. Um, <laughs> thanks, be healed retreats. Uh, no, but I mean it. I mean it. I don't. No, I, I don't. Know. I don't want to be building up a kingdom. I, I really have. The, I think the Father has given me this grace of detachment from these things. That's fine. It's fine. I, I'm loving what I'm doing. I, I, I love hearing how it's helping people. Um, but you know, lots of things that we do can help people. It, it doesn't mean we can do it all. So. I'm just in a very open place right now, I guess. That's a really good place to be in. I'm happy for you. And I mean it, too. I know it could sound like I'm trying to sound holy or pious or something. And maybe there's a part of me that does actually want you to think that. And so that is part of the false self. But there's a deeper part where I do know that I mean that. Like, I want what the Father wants. No, I, and I don't think you would bring this up to us <laughs> if, like, you didn't I don't think that. I don't know. So just a. But it's been, it's, it out there. Thank you. And it's been a blessing. I mean, Strive has been a joy. Um, oh, so has it? I meant to follow up with that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can break this news yet, so I'm not going to say it. But something really amazing is coming, and it's going to make it so affordable for everybody. Um, awesome. Great. If if things happen the way we want them to happen, you will pay zero cents. Um, yeah. And so we're creating. God, a, that's wonderful. Yeah. We've put, I mean, the guys at Cardinal Studios are putting hundreds of thousands into this thing. It's very well produced. We're creating a women's program to help overcome porn for ladies. We've got a parents program a course. He doesn't want me to call it program <laughs> course <laughs> coming out. So. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. But I, yeah. the videos are really great. I mean, they, Strive yeah, is excellent. It's an excellent resource. You know, thank you. Here's a yeah, I mean, just here's what I said earlier. Just because something's not the answer to everything doesn't mean it's the, not an answer to something. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, it's like yeah, this is just an online detox thing where you engage with other men. So it's not everything, but that's okay. Like it can be something, can't it? So yeah, I'm very proud of what it is, and I'm thankful to God that He allowed me to be a part of this. I mean, we had when we launched it, we had a thousand men go through the program, and if you go to strive21.com and click testimonies, you can see all the. We've got about 5,500 comments from the men of what they're saying on saying on the course. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. That's great. Um, can we just so we get a couple of questions on our Let's on our do it. page? You want to do it because there is one that I, that I want to ask that I have some thoughts on. Good. Uh, Let's ask the that hard one it, that, yeah. too. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I saw it, and I wrote back. I'm like, oh, please ask I, I saw one. it, yeah, okay. How does he, he being our friend Matt, uh, square our call to uh, our call to humility with charging $1,500 on his Patreon for the pleasure of meeting him? Right. So I'm not ch- – so – I have different tiers, right? $5, $10, 20 Most people give $10 a month at Patreon. But I had somebody who wanted to give a lot more, and they were like, I would like to, but it's not an option. So I said, okay, let me just do something crazy. I'll say 500 If someone wants to give me 500 bucks a month, I will take it gladly. Um, so what I said is one of the rewards is, like, I will fly to meet with you and hang out with you, or I'll fly you to me, and I'll give a talk to your group. So it's not like... It's this is like Patreon isn't a shop. You're not paying me to come and hang out with you. Right. Rather, you're saying, I believe in what you're doing. And all I'm saying is, well, gosh, the least I can do is fly out to visit you. Um, it's sort of like you guys have like your $10 reward. Those guys get a sticker. 
it's not like you're saying that you think your sticker is so great that it's worth something right. to do 10 bucks a month. What you're saying is because you're supporting me, the very least I can do is this. So what I did was I said, if someone wants to give me 500 bucks a month, um, then I would, I would fly out to see them. But then I thought, well, you know, on Patreon, you can sign up and then cancel it right yeah. away. And I would hate for someone to sign up, cancel it right away. And then like them say to me, well, you said, or something like that. So I said, well, if you give for like three months, then we'd do it. Yeah. Mm. That's just smart to do. And, but, and I but, want... but, but I'd love you to push back if you, if no, you no, think... no, 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 I actually, I actually, you're, that's what nonprofits do. So as a person who like works for a nonprofit who raises money, if someone gives a certain amount of like money to your group, most most nonprofits have a policy. Go and meet with this person. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'm not a nonprofit, uh, to be clear. Well, no, 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 uh, no, no. Yeah, but, but it's the it's the exact same like principle. Sure, and, sure. And, and I'm not trying to. I mean, this is like it's, it's it's what you would do if if you have a business account and you have and you have a person who spends ten thousand dollars every year. That adds up over a lot of time. You're going to send a rep to go and unmute with them and hang out and talk to them and make sure, you know, like, it's a way of saying, like, this is really cool. Thank you. I, I want to get to know who you are. That's just, um, it's very common. And I, and I understand why a person might come at this if they don't really understand, like, the greater um, context of, of, of this yeah. to do a thing like that. Of, like, hey, if, you know, if, if like, I mean, you're going to, listen. We'll put that on ours right now. <laughs> if someone wants to do that, right? We'll absolutely, the one thing come and I hang out. About Patreon, people don't understand is you can literally donate any amount. But if people don't see the tier, they think that you can only donate the tier. You can walk in and say, "I want to donate five thousand dollars a month every month." Like we had someone who they're friends of ours. They donated five hundred dollars, and I immediately emailed them. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know how to donate." I don't want to donate month to month. I don't want to put it in my bills, but I have this huge chunk of money and I'm going to give you a portion and I'm going to cancel my payment immediately after this, after it debits my account. And I was like, Oh, that'll screw up our metrics for next month. Okay. Um, but he like, that's just what they wanted to do. You can write in like, we've had people that wrote in like $11 and one cent or $11 and 11 cents. And I'm like, why did you put that amount? And he said, Oh, I thought it would be funny enough that it would stand out to you and you'd want to reach out to me. <laughs> and I was like, well, you win, sir. And if someone else donated $12, and I said, why did you do that? And he goes, well, I have this amount of money and divided by 12, so I'm going to fund you for a year. And this is how I can fund uh, you. God bless you. know, so you can write yeah, anything for people because of the way Patreon's set up. They just think, oh, I got to do a tier thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just – it's just like – it just makes sense that if a person is going – like wants to give like a higher amount – to yeah. develop now, a relationship okay, but let's, with let's, let's be honest, because you like me, which, is, which might be why you're looking at this through um, you know, an understanding face. Suppose you saw that on Matthew Kelly's website, because I know you've spoken about Matthew Kelly, and I don't want to open that can of worms necessarily. But you know, if this was someone Sorry, who you, I've never heard of him. Yeah, if this was someone you didn't know, let's not throw Matthew Kelly under the bus. But anybody, you know, um, I don't know. Let's okay. I mean, let's just say uh, no. I think if I didn't know who you were and I wasn't real into this stuff, and I started to hear your podcast and I saw it, I'd be like that's kind of weird. But I think it's yeah. not. It's not that I know you that that I've like changed my tune on that. It's that I've. It's my work in the nonprofit world. Okay. That I'm like, oh yeah, that just makes. I mean, and I think it's just you just don't well, know. See, 
Yeah, and now now I'm like, well, gosh, well, maybe I should maybe I should change that. No, I don't worry about it. But the point is, well, if I'm not going to fly out and see him, like, what can I give them? That's the point, right? It's like, yeah. as I say, someone reached out and said they wanted to do that for a bit, and they wanted that option. So, like, well, so part of what you get if you give 500 bucks a month is all of my printed material and online material I'll send to you as it comes out. I'm writing a couple of books right now. Like, when they come out, I'll sign them. I'll send them to you. Like, what else can I do? So if, if – let's say someone's like, well, it's a bit – you know, it, it seems a bit unhumble, unhumble, prideful of you to do that. So, okay, well, let me, I'll, I'll cross that out, shall I? And now you'll just get the books that I print. No, like, no, I still want to come and yeah, visit you. Yeah, or fly no. you out to hang out with my family if you're not weird. How? How? <laughs> but you're an introvert. Like, to fly to someone and now you're like, well, I guess I can't get out of here. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm no, but yours. Like, like here's here's what I would recommend is you go and you just say I'm gonna take you out to lunch or I'm gonna take you out to dinner and that's it. You just say thank you, you hang out, you chat for about for about an hour or two. Like that's what I do when I you know have my donor meetings. Maybe what I'll hang out. Maybe what I'll bit. do is I'll say something like, "What you know, one person suggested they would like to give something like this. I understand most people won't want to do this, but just in case something like that. But nah. anyway, so this is when I read again. This is the problem your, with doing stuff. Like, yeah, you go. Well, when I was introducing this, the, your Patreon page to uh, my friend this morning, uh, the artist, and talking about different ways that she can make money, one of the things is I read all your tiers in order, and that's the sense that I got was what's the next thing I could possibly do for someone who is giving me $500 a month? By the way, nobody's I doing will it. literally come and <laughs> And no one probably will do that. <laughs> yeah. What if I did it? No, I'm I would fly out and hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, uh, there's a bunch of questions here. How many can we get through? Uh, What's your favorite resource for Theology of the Body? Or oh, additional gee. resources? Oh, golly. I don't know. I think everything Christopher West does is great. Um, I love You by Ascension Presents. I think it's the worst name in the world, but I think the yeah. Y-O-U uh, course is excellent. It is good. I would agree. I'm not really big into that world. I know Jason Everett has a book called Theology of the Body in an Hour because I think a lot of people are like, okay, wait, what is it again? I'm pretty sure I know what it is. So he kind of wrote a little book to understand Theology of the Body in an Hour. That could be a cool thing to check out. Um, who were your go-to saints? Oh, uh, the Blessed Mother, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, um, St. Anthony of Padua one? probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um so I would be curious about your thoughts on like the hookup on culture stuff that we talked about the other day. Like, yeah, not about the like, episode, but just about like, that in general. Well, oh, I see. Well, like Goma, I was a little taken off guard because I believe you. It's just that's not the world I associate in. Yeah, like, yeah I'm not yeah. hanging out with a bunch of young adults. I don't really go and chat with young adults and go get a drink with them. Like I have a wife and four children. So, so to me, it was it was in one way surprising, but I suppose in another way, as you say, you've been raised in this culture of death. You've been wounded, um, and so yeah, it's it's sad. Um, but I love what you had to say in that episode about the the real healing that's possible. Hmm. No, it's it's really. I don't know why I never. I'm thought about this. But I was just surprised at the amount of people like my age who didn't know that um, that um, this was a problem. I'm like, well, yeah, wait, yeah, it's it's it's, and it's really everyone who has kids, <laughs> like who just you yeah. know Sorry, doesn't have Luke. a chance. No, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> who just doesn't have a chance? You know, who who um doesn't spend like at least um one to two nights a month. You know, just like at the bar hanging out with people. Like it makes yeah. total sense. So. Uh, we only have we only have five minutes left, so this one's kind of a heavy one. Uh, 
Let's get a little weird. Uh, per the por- this is I'm just reading this verbatim. Per the porn problem, ask him why everyone is pushing the I'm a victim inducing I'm a narrative of porn addiction and recovery. I'm rather than the empowering I'm methods of I'm a sexual transmutation. What is sexual transmutation? I ha- have no idea. Yeah. I is think this- he means like that Christopher West kind of version of. Con- converting your desires, oh. right? Instead of conquering, converting. Well, right? I mean, because yeah, yeah, okay. Redirecting. This is from. Oh, this is from a quick like Google search. Redirecting the mind from thoughts of of like physical expression to thoughts of of another creative effort. Right. Well, I, I guess both could be true. If I'm if I'm addicted to pornography and there's about 41 neuroscience-based studies right now that all talk about and support the addiction model, if, so if that's a legitimate neurological reality, then this is something I want to conquer. Uh, and maybe one of the ways I try to conquer that is by, at least in part, doing what this person is suggesting, you know, recognizing what I'm actually after and transferring my desires from this thing to something greater. Yeah, because I mean, I I would I would probably think there are some people who they're they aren't real addicts. Yeah, and they totally. Don't need, yeah, need... we 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 can abuse the word addict. By the way, I'm flying to Google tomorrow in California to give a talk to a Wait, group in what? Yeah, a group how am I just hearing of this wow. right now? Because uh, I haven't mentioned it yet. A group in <laughs> Google have f- are flying me out tomorrow to give this non-religious talk on porn. So that's that'll awesome. be cool. That's yeah, that's amazing. why. That, yeah, that's why I had to. Yeah, I got to get. I was invited by a group at Google to speak on the 11th of July. Now, there's been some misunderstanding with that. I'd never said that Google Incorporated <laughs> called me up and invited me to come and speak. Rather, it was a group at Google, okay? They got permission. Uh, they then raised the money for my flight from Atlanta to San Francisco. Um, they didn't give me a stipend, which I was fine with, but they did pay for the flight. When I arrived, I get a phone call saying that things are escalating pretty quickly there at Google. People had seen some of the things I had apparently said. They were pretty upset about it. And I was informed not in any way, shape or form to address the transgenderism question or the same sex attraction question. If these were to come up in the Q&A, I was to politely decline. Fair enough. I then settle into my lodgings and I get a phone call from somebody at Google who says the talk has been canceled. Now, the reason I say the talk was banned and not merely canceled is because that is what happened. To say the talk was canceled could mean a number of things. It could mean the room was no longer available. It could mean that there was a meeting that these people had to attend and therefore couldn't attend my talk. But the reason it was canceled is because I personally was banned from speaking. Now, they didn't ban me from coming and taking a tour, um, which I didn't choose to do. Um, although I hear it's terrific. But they banned me from speaking. And you think, well, why? Well, they told me why. And then I spoke with a lot of people at an event we held outside of Google, and they told me why as well. But I was asked not to share that until the press office gave an official answer, an official reply as to why I wasn't to come, and I didn't want to get anyone in trouble, and so I waited for that. Now, another part of a bit of confusion, I shared some images of a talk that I gave in Silicon Valley to some Googlers and to some other folks who work there, like for WhatsApp and a whole other bunch of cool things. So somebody said, I thought your talk was cancelled. Why am I seeing photos? Well, the reason is the group decided to hold the event off campus. So whereas we may have had as many as 120 people if we were to do it on campus, um, we did it off campus. Here's some photos of it now. And uh, we, we spoke about, there's only about 20 people that showed up. But these people were terrific and they were from diverse backgrounds. 
Some were religious, some weren't religious. And my talk that I was asked to give was a non-religious presentation on the negative effects of pornography. After the talk, the man who hosted the event, he didn't work for Google, he got up and said, that was terrific. Did you, in did you experience any bigotry? Like any hate speech whatsoever? And no one raised their hand and I said, oh, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was bugging them. Can you please give me an official response? Two days later, I get a response. Now that says something to me, okay? I would have thought that a company as big and as cool and as awesome as Google wouldn't be concerned with um, criticism or backlash they might get from people who follow little old Matt Frad with like no followers, you know? But I think they are. I think there's a lot of pressure on Google right now. A lot of people are looking at them and they say, are you trying to silence religious and or conservative voices? Because it seems like you are. So as I say, it took them two days to get back to me. Here is the official response they got back to me with. Dear Matt, apologies for the cancellation of the talk with such short notice and for not giving a satisfying explanation before. I was asked to cancel the talk after some of my co-workers raised their concern on some past public comments you made with the belief that they violate our internal community guidelines as they make them feel unwelcomed and disrespected. I'm personally saddened by the decision. Appreciate your flexibility and willingness to still host the talk outside of Google's premises. For those still interested and ask you to please reach out to, I'm not gonna say the email address because I don't want people bombarding them, but it was an email address at Google if you have further questions, thanks. Well, you see up here where it says past public comments, I'm really glad they did that because if they hadn't have shared with me what those past public comments were, no doubt I would have hounded them. What is it that I've said that has made people feel unwelcomed and disrespectful? Well, when you click that link, it takes you through to a Twitter feed from over a year ago. Now that's interesting. I don't think someone sat there and started scrolling for a year to find something offensive. I think what they likely did is taught Matt Frad and then something like transgenderism or homosexuality or anything that they could find on me to have an excuse to ban me. So let's just read through this, okay? I was posting about my podcast, Love People Use Things. I said, do you all know I have a pro-love anti-porn podcast? It's called Love People Use Things. This Tim W fellow you can see here responds a little sarcastically. He says, unless those people are gay, right? And I said, whoa there, dude. Like, we don't think people with same-sex attraction should be watching porn either. In other words, this is not about same-sex versus opposite-sex attraction. Early tomorrow. Can I tell you why I think that's awesome is Google, uh, back, in, back in my porn struggling days, right? Google... You could do a, a Google image search for like, uh, you know, you type in something, you know how Google will like auto complete it with suggestions. Yeah. You know, like fill in the blank kind of for you. It doesn't do that if it's sexual in nature. Oh, but Microsoft Bing does. Hmm. And it's like, it's almost like Microsoft is like, I'm going to capture this part of the market that Google won't even touch, but it's like the worst part and that's been a criticism of bing i think from the very beginning of course no one uses bing but um they've they are like oh yeah no we're, we're not going to show any sort of restraint when it comes to this you could type in whatever depravity and we'll we'll use our algorithms to help you find it so i think that's cool that you're going there yeah that's yeah. awesome 
Well, I mean, to be clear, it's not Google who is inviting me. It's a group at right. Google. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> so no. But I to mean, make sure that's clear. No, but it's like still that's – I mean, and that's that's very true with these like huge corporations. They've got a thing I like. P&G will have like a Catholic group where people come and give talks and hang out. Yeah. But Yeah, um, I can't wait. I'm going to be yeah, praying that's, for the whole thing and then I go to San Diego and fly back home. Oh, life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> rough. And if I meet someone who's willing to give me $1,500 on the spot, I might have a coffee with them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's, that's all, yeah. They'd have to you pay for the so coffee, arrogant. of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, excuse me. You got the bill for this, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm, I'm Matt Fred. <laughs> yeah, I brought you a signed copy of my book. That'll be $15 as well. <laughs> you can pay me later. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you can Venmo it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you my number. Fine. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Please never call it. <laughs> uh, I won't be using my phone for the month of August. Just understand, you. I uh, don't check calls where I don't have you saved, and I'm not going to save your number. I will be blocking this number yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't prefer to take calls from weird Catholics, so... <laughs> Hope that's cool. Sorry. All right, uh, we're at the hour mark. I know that uh, good old Um Gormley's got to go talk about TOB to, to a whole bunch of people, so... Hey, let, me, give, let me ask you this question. What would you say... We got about 40, uh, 30 young adults, about 20 ish adults, and the rest are teenagers and somewhere in the middle. What, what would you say to an audience like that on Theology of the Body? Gosh, I don't really talk about Theology of the Body, so I can't really help you. I mean, obviously, I incorporate it into the goodness of the body, and that's what makes porn wrong, and, and sexual desire is good, and just kind of affirming all of those things right up front. But I, I, yeah, sorry. Ugh, you are no help. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is day three of five days. So I'm sure you're crushing it. I would love to hear. Are you recording the talks? I have, and I'm posting them at soundcloud.com slash AMD Gomer. Ah, good. Yeah. yeah. We'll post them so. on Patreon too. Cause I, I obviously get all your posts here on Patreon. So whenever they, okay, yeah, I'll do up. that. Righto, guys. Have a great bloody night. Hey, it was awesome nice. talking to you, buddy. Lovely to talk to you guys as well. Appreciate it.